Welcome to Millennial 646. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Penultimate episode of the year. I love that word, penultimate. Penultimate. Second to last. Such a milestone. Really Especially this year. I know, exactly. It's like, whoa, we fucking made it, (laughs) y'all. Almost. Zoom is asking, saying, set up professional audio in audio settings. What is this? What is Zoom trying to say? We are already professional audio. (laughs) (laughs) It's here in my mix and it's like, this is shit. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody do any murdering this weekend? Um, So I saw this note and I was concerned because I was like, I don't know what you're referring to. Okay, well, I just feel like (laughs) I just feel like Taylor Swift's new album, Evermore, the follow up to Folklore is going to inspire a lot of people to do some killing because there's a really good song on it called No Body, No Crime. And basically talking about murdering (laughs) an ex. Am I right, Pam? Yeah, she got uh, sweet, sweet revenge. On who? Do you think it's about somebody? No, it starts off. I don't know like who it's about, but... um... It, it's. I think it starts off like she's seeking justice for her friend. Uh huh. But then because she admits the first... to the crime by then, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, because she. Yeah, because she frames the mistress of this man. Yeah. Uh, gave me some big think before he cheats vibes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Taylor's grand return to country, and she's uh, never sounded better. So yeah, what do you think of Evermore, Pam? I went into it with a low bar because I didn't think it would beat folklore, but I actually think it may have. Um, I think it's a really good companion album to folklore i understand why she put it out there but overall um i think the sound the the songs all work really well together i was a little bit surprised by a few of the tracks because i think folklore is a much more cohesive listening experience but with uh evermore you know she she put a little bit more country in there like with no body no crime and then they're like she did this kind of cool thing with that track gold rush which is a lot more upbeat than anything on folklore or evermore yeah and then she has a few tracks towards the end that really kind of gave me um like some postal service indie electro pop type vibes so i thought it was an interesting mix uh but i enjoyed it overall I guess Taylor should have been on our 2020 t-shirt because she ended up being a very large part of 2020 with two albums right. in the same year. Yeah. <laughs> I also uh, am a little bit ashamed right now because when we recorded our breaking news in which we touched on uh, the Evermore release, I was like, oh, yeah, I still haven't listened to Folklore, but I'll do it soon. And I didn't. Um, so I'm going to make a promise to everyone. I'm going to listen to Folklore and Evermore before next week's show. Oh, I'm going to okay. do it. Wow, this is big. I know. Squeezing in one more resolution before the year is That's out. Right. I'm going to start listening to Taylor Swift. Because I'm no sure as shit. If you don't like it, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure as shit not making any 2021 resolutions. So this is it. <laughs> I know what did it. I started talking about the murder song. Laura was like, I love murder. I'm in. I do. I'm really obsessed with murder. So... <laughs> Taylor Swift is like really appealing to the murder demographic. (laughs) So during that same breaking news that we recorded for Bay patrons, we spoke about Disney Investor Day, or at least half of it. It was a four hour event and they previewed what was coming up in 2021 through like 2023. And we didn't get to talk about much of it because we had to record during it. So sorry that we didn't get it all in during that uh, breaking news special. But since they did announce so much, I thought we could touch on it again just to briefly talk about here at the top of the show, the announcements that shook us most. And then at the end of today's episode, we're going to have on Laura's Bay, Mark, 
uh, to talk about the Marvel titles. What blew me away during this Disney event was this announcement about Lightyear, the Buzz Lightyear movie. First of all, Chris Evans is going to voice Buzz Lightyear, which was a huge surprise. Uh, I saw a good tweet uh, that Chris Evans pushed Tim Allen off the roof, and then he became Buzz Lightyear. (laughs) Get it? Santa Claus joke. That's amazing. But it's going to follow the real Buzz Lightyear, so to speak. The Buzz Lightyear that the toy was based on, and we don't know much else besides that. I'm looking forward to Loki, which is on the list of the various Marvel titles that we're going to be getting over the next couple of years. Um, this really shouldn't come as any surprise. I love villains and I love Loki. He's just like so deliciously evil, but he has some sort of moral compass, um, which makes him a really fun character. And I'm so excited to see how they explain what happened to him in the last Avengers movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so really looking forward to that. And I don't want to say too, too much about this because as Andrew said, Mark's going to be coming on a little later in the show to talk a little bit about um, the multiverse and things like that. I'm kind of interested in some of these uh, Disney animation uh, announcements that were made, specifically the Moana and Princess Tiana animated series, which obviously is like for a much younger demographic, but I just think it's really cool that they're going to let those two characters spearhead their own um, titles. And I'm just really curious to see how that goes. They they did a Tangled animated series, and I thought that the first few episodes that I watched were really cute. So um, I think that's really great that they're going to do that. And obviously, you know, it's always good to get a little bit more diversity in there in the lineup. So that's really nice. Lots to look forward to on Disney+. Plus. They They have so much in the pipeline. It's really incredible. Time announced their person of the year. And actually, we were talking about this with some of our listeners when we were doing a Bay Hangout a couple days ago. Actually, one of our listeners, it may have been you, you, Justin. I can't remember. Somebody predicted it may have been Harris because I know Justin, who's listening live right now, also mentioned that um, they'll probably pick Biden because every election year they pick the incoming president. I was like, I don't think they'll do that this year. I think they need to honor the frontline heroes, as they're called. These people uh, working in hospitals, these people who are delivering our food, these people who are working in the grocery stores, etc., etc. They didn't. They did honor Biden and Harris. That was kind of the little twist this year. They're honoring them both. I thought the pick was kind of boring because it was so predictable if you look at their decisions that they've made in the past. Yeah, I mean, it was predictable in a way, but I thought it was really interesting that they chose to feature both of them. And that really kind of jives with the idea that the Biden administration, at least their intention, what they've communicated is that it's intended to be a transitional, like passing of the torch type administration to a younger, more progressive demo- or demographic. So um, hopefully this is a reflection of that. Like I said at the top of the show, next week will be our final episode of the year. And we are going to be doing Secret Santa as we do every year. But there's going to be a little twist this year. We are going to be gifting each other cameos. (laughs) We've spoken about cameos on the show from time to time here. I'm fascinated by them. It's fascinating to see what these celebrities charge. Have you guys ordered your cameos yet? Yep. I already got mine, actually. No, but I need to do it now because I'm I'm just overthinking it, I'm sure. But I'm a little worried. Like, what if it's not as good as I think it is? (laughs) (laughs) 
You know what I mean? Like it's I don't know. Yeah. Well, You'll okay. See. The reason the reason I ask is because I ordered mine last Wednesday and the person still has not done it yet. Oh, and I'm no. so happy with this pick. I did research. I really put some thought into this. And I saw on Cameo that if they don't do it within seven days, you get your money back. So like Tomorrow, if they don't get me this cameo, I'm going to have to go find somebody else. And now I'm really bummed because I really like my pick. Or you're <laughs> going to have to pull some strings and, you know, see who you know or <laughs> something. <laughs> Please get the word to this person. I need the cameo. <laughs> Ugh. I'm really Ugh. pleased because I ended up booking mine, I think, a week ago, like after the episode. And they got back to me within 12 hours, which I was wow. very impressed by that turnaround time. Um, yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Actually, I sent you guys a link to this in Slack the other day. One of the stars of The Office who plays Kevin Brian Baumgartner, Baumgartner he is going to make a million dollars on Cameo this year alone. Holy yeah. shit. I, I wonder, yeah, I don't think he ever made that much money off the office. I bet towards the end. Like, he yeah, did, but, but in one year. Yeah. I mean, sitting on your couch shooting these 30 second videos, yeah. it's crazy how much some celebrities can make. He's the top earning celeb on Cameo. Did you guys find yourselves judging some people for how much they were charging while you were yes. looking for? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Did a lot that's of why that. I'm fascinated because these people. You know, it's unbelievable. It's really interesting what they charge. Sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, they could get away with charging more. And then other times it's like, what are they thinking? Well, like Carol Baskin charging $300. I don't know if y'all saw right. her, but oh, like yeah. she's charging that much. And then you go and look at her rules and like she won't do any videos about murder or like her <laughs> husband or anything like that and it's like oh come you know that's what the people want carol yeah carol what a karen <laughs> also just wanted to mention that pat and i have been baking cookies as we do every holiday and ladies i'm going to be sending you each a tin or two in the coming days oh so keep God. an eye out so sweet i'm so excited I know. I know i'm including a fun game with the tin of cookies, each of you, oh. it's going to be called Avoid the Poisoned Cookie. And I poisoned a cookie in each of your tins, and you have to try to avoid it. So good luck. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Got just, it. <laughs> what I'll do is I'll be sending you a tin of cookies back, and I'm just going to take the cookies you send me and dump them into my tin and send them back to you. <laughs> oh, and I'll fall for it and eat them and then die. <laughs> You know who I'm going to be using to mail you those cookies, stamps.com, this week's sponsor. No, seriously, I am because this holiday season, more people will be mailing stuff than ever before. That means the post office is going to be busy. Stamps.com brings the post office and now UPS shipping right to your computer. Mail and ship anything from the convenience of your home or office. Stamps.com is a must-have for any business or anyone who does a lot of mailing, whether you're a small office sending out invoices, an online seller fulfilling orders during this record-setting holiday season, a giant warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, or just someone who wants to mail some cookies. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail going anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. That's what I do. It's super simple. 
With Stamps.com, you get $0.05 off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Stamps.com is just a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder over 900,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. Don't spend a minute of your holiday season at the post office this year. Sign up for Stamps.com instead. There is no risk. With our promo code MILL, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in MILL. That's Stamps.com. Enter MILL. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. What beautiful words. Agreed. Well, we do have a piece of feedback here from our Bay listener, Kaylee, who was actually on with us last week. This is regarding the announcement um, that Elliot Page made on social media a couple of weeks ago and our acknowledgement of his true authentic self here on the show. And Kaylee did a little bit of thinking about this and a little bit of research, and she realized something that's really, really important for all of us to keep in mind when it comes to people uh, coming out or um, making announcements about their identity. Um, so Kaylee says, even though this should have been on my radar already, I recently learned that not everyone should be entitled to the fact that someone is trans for safety reasons. Elliot is different in that he is a celebrity and he decided to come out to the world. In our personal lives, however, not everyone is entitled to information about trans folks. Even though you might be talking to someone who you trust, your trans friend may not feel the same way and might not want that person to know they are trans. Physical assault and intimidation happen far too often to trans folks. Knowingly dead naming someone who you know goes by a new name is wrong. However, protecting their anonymity to someone who is not entitled to their identity is the one instance where dead naming is the appropriate thing to do. I just wanted to share this because as a cisgender heterosexual woman, it didn't even occur to me that I could be putting someone in danger by trying to be an ally. That is such a good point. Um, I think mm-hmm. sometimes progressives in our rush to be allies to people, we can inadvertently create situations that are at best very uncomfortable for the people we're trying to be allies to or at worst potentially dangerous. So I think this is really great feedback and something for all of us to keep in mind. Yeah, definitely. And Thank I think you, the other thing to keep in mind is that we're all learning. Yep. You know, go easy on yourself when you need to. Okay, so since we are at the end of the year here, I thought we could play Google That Shit end of year edition because Google released their annual report of the top search terms of the year. You can drill down by country. It's pretty interesting. I'm always interested by this type of stuff. I thought we could go through some categories. I'm not going to quiz you guys on all of it. We can just talk about it. Uh, We can just talk about some of these categories. Let's start with definitions. What were people trying to define? And by the way, I use Google to look up definitions all the time. I would imagine quarantine because we've had it pointed out to us a lot this year that many people are using the word quarantine incorrectly. Like just because you're staying at home and social distancing, that's not quarantining. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that's one of them. I'm trying to think of like a like a pop culture, like an Internet word that people might have. um, You're on the right track. How about simping? Oh my god! 
simping? <laughs> yeah. What is that? That's why people would be Googling. <laughs> I, but I haven't even heard of it all year. I don't. Okay. You're not clearly not on the right side of Twitter. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny because Pam, Mark asked me not long ago if I knew what the definition of simping was. And it was one of those things where like I could use it in a sentence, but it was really hard to articulate what it means. Yeah. <laughs> According to Urban Dictionary, it is when you infatuate over women, allowing them to take over your mind and cause you to do things for them that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah, but it, it's also like it, it's like transcended. I think it started off as only women, but you can you can simp for anybody. Like, okay, yeah, <laughs> like you could be like, I simp for Chris Evans because you really like him and you would uh-huh. do anything. Yeah, for it's him, kind of you know? like thirsting a yeah. little bit. Um, but you can okay. also be a simp. So like, right, Andrew, like if I were to apply this to you, I'd be like, oh, he's a total simp for Springsteen. Yeah, you're a uh-huh. simp for Bruce. Okay. All right. I would usually just say like bottom if I'm really into somebody <laughs> and I would do whatever for them. I, I say I would bottom for them. Well, that, um, that falls under simping. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the, the top search definition this year was WAP. Wet ass pussy. Oh man! Oh, that I feel makes like sense. that was so obvious. <laughs> These poor souls who had to Google that, and they were like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> it reminds me of all the TikToks where kids would be talking about their parents asking them what a WAP was, and they would mm-hmm. give them a fake definition for it, and it would like, like come back to bite them pancakes. in the ass. <laughs> yeah, I saw one where he told his mom it was wings and pizza, and then she went on Facebook allegedly Ooh. and was like treating my son to some WAP tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. The number two most searched for definition was entanglement. Oh, is that because of Will and Jada? Maybe. I think because oh. I think he went on her show and she was like, I got myself into an entanglement with somebody. They were talking about her affair. I am seeing that in related topics. Wow. The power they have. I can't about- believe that I knew that. <laughs> I'm like shocked. I didn't even know that. Like, job, I did not Laura. make that connection. What about asymptomatic? Is that on there? Yes, that is number five. Good job. Uh, number three was antebellum because Lady Antebellum, people they they got rid of antebellum. They changed their name to Lady A after what mm-hmm. happened over the summer with George Floyd. Oh, yeah, I and that. then I think a lot of people were like, "But what does antebellum even mean?" Would it also be because of the movie that came out with Janelle Monae? Yeah, I was thinking about that too. I wonder if it got like a second spike because of that. Yeah, I do see two spikes here actually. Yeah. Um, and then number four was pandemic. Not a surprise. And then five, as Pam guessed, was asymptomatic. Okay. Um, beauty how-tos. I'll just run through these and we could talk about them. Number one was how to cut men's hair at home. A lot of people did that, including uh, me. I did it for Pat. I didn't trust <laughs> Pat to do it for me, though. Uh, number two, how to plop hair. Oh, I yeah, don't know I what plop. that means. It's, what is, it's pl- hair what plopping. Is plop? for, for what? If you have curly hair, you you should plop your hair because it's... Um, it'll eliminate frizz. That would have been my okay. guess. Yeah. So okay. basically what you do is um, you actually don't use like a regular towel on your hair and you like scrunch and then you flip your hair over and you like collect it all at the top of your head and then you just like wrap it up and some people sleep in the hair wrap and some people um, don't. They just like wear it for, you know, 20, 30 minutes or an hour until they're oh. done. So. Okay. That's hair plopping. Uh, Number three, Laura, you are already an expert at this, how to color your hair at home. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'd call myself an expert, but I'm okay. You're good. You're, we approve. 
Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. Number four, it. I wouldn't call this a beauty how-to. How to wash your hands. It's health and beauty. Yeah, that's hygiene. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. It's more health. Um, and then number five, how to style curtain bangs. Ah, uh, yeah, big trend on TikTok. These all make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hair plopping was also a big trend on TikTok. <laughs> okay, guess this next category. Each of you pick one. How to make... Dot, dot, dot. Bread. Yep, I was going to say sourdough <laughs> bread. Not in the top five, believe it or not. Really? I did, see, I did see sourdough somewhere else. Um, masks, like face mask. Yes, that is uh, number two with fabric. And actually number four, how to make a mask with a bandana. And number five, how to make a mask without sewing. Wow. <laughs> number one was how to make hand sanitizer because people got really desperate. Oh, my God. And number three, again, this is something I don't really know. How to make whipped coffee. What is whipped oh, coffee? Oh, yeah. Another Pam? TikTok trend. <laughs> oh, man. I am so out of the yeah. loop. You're, you're like Was grandpa simping Sims all right over now. TikTok too? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Um, this is my problem. It, I need to get yeah, into TikTok. Um, whipped coffee is, um, it's like, a, I, I believe it originated in Korea. It's like, I don't know if you've seen um, pictures. It looks like there's just milk on the bottom. And then it kind of looks like peanut butter at the top. But it's oh. it's coffee. It's made with instant coffee and sugar. And you whip that until it becomes kind of like whipped cream in texture. And then you float that on top of the the milk. Okay, three more. Recipes. One of you mentioned bread. Yeah, I was going to say bread. bread. We both did. Be yeah. on here. Sourdough bread is number one. Number two is whipped coffee again. Can you guess one of the three remaining ones? I bet you can't. Um, is it just like instant pot recipes? That's what I Google. <laughs> what about like cold brew coffee? I feel like that was big for people. Wa- like wine recipes, like make your own alcohol or something like that? No, I have a feeling at least two of these were on TikTok. Number three was Disney churro. <laughs> I don't think I saw that one, but okay, it's so funny. Maybe I follow too much of Diz Twitter because I've seen talk <laughs> of that. Number four was Dole Whip, another very popular item in Disneyland. And then number five was Double Tree Cookie. <laughs> when you check in at a Double Tree hotel, they they serve you a warm cookie, and it is fucking good. So I know why people were searching they, for they that. They put out the recipe at the beginning of quarantine. Oh yes, that's then right. That's probably why. And you know what? I feel like somebody did. Maybe Disney did for Dole Whip and Disney churros as well. So maybe that's why those are there. There's a lady on TikTok again with me me in the TikTok, but she like she's been going through all of the alcoholic recipes for the mm-hmm. parks. And I don't know her handle, but her every time her videos pop up, I watch them like three different times because, you know, maybe <laughs> one day I too will try and drink around the world from the comfort of my own home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two more. Where is dot dot dot? Uh, probably Wuhan. what is it? Wuhan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's Wuhan? No. No? Oh. What? No. Really? Pandemic related. Oh, I was going to say, where is Obama? <laughs> Come <laughs> back. Where are that? you? Come back. Where is the um, epicenter? Like ground zero yeah, the, epicenter? Of the, of the virus. Yeah. No, no, no. So number one and two are where is my stimulus money and where is my <laughs> refund? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that oh, is no. so good no people and so, gotta like, know i mean very apropos given the fact that you know if you lost employment this year you've been given like 50 cents a day to live yeah thanks government the next one is where is kansas city and i think it's oh. because it's in it's not in kansas it's in neighboring oh, yeah. missouri which is <laughs> dumb so maybe that's the top three every year uh number four is where is beirut and then number five, also pretty random, where is Shakira from? Oh, because of the Super Bowl, huh? 
Oh, okay. I forgot. See, it's she been a very long year, but that it did really happened in 2020. <laughs> oh my god, that feels like another life. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay. One more. Why? Dot dot dot. Why is the coronavirus spreading? No, I don't know. You're gonna. I'm. I'm. Okay. Plumata ideas. Okay. Number one. Why were chainsaws invented? What? <laughs> Number one search yeah, you guys okay in the over States. there, like Googlers. <laughs> oh my goodness! Number two, why is there a coin shortage? We haven't spoken about that, but yeah, there's been this coin shortage, and I don't know why. I see people's signs up in the stores. Yeah. Number three, why was George Floyd arrested? Number four, why is Nevada taking so long in terms of calculating the election <laughs> That's a results? Mood. Everybody picked on Nevada. Other states were slow too. I don't get why everybody was picking on Nevada. <laughs> I think they just thought thought that it was going to be faster in Nevada. <laughs> yeah, and then number five, why is TikTok getting banned? And there was no real answer there. Yeah, apart from somebody had a temper tantrum. Exactly. So if you want to see more search trends from the past year, you can go to trends.google.com and check out tons of data. And also, just one more thing I wanted to mention, happy, the term happiness was searched for more than ever before <laughs> this year. People were seeking out happiness, and they turned to Google for some damn answers. Google, help make me happy, and Google like directs you to Pornhub. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> like some really cute meme or something. Okay, it is time for Jomentum 2021 slash sad failed Trump attempts to steal the election 2020. (laughs) (laughs) So following a week of rumors, Bill Barr has decided to leave his post as attorney general. He said he was leaving to spend more time with his family because that definitely couldn't have waited another month. Yeah, I just find it hilarious that after everything, he's just not like he's resigning now when you're literally in you're in the lame duck portion of this presidency. You're not really right. They aren't doing anything. So I'm like, what? difference does it make meanwhile the supreme court rejected texas's bid to overturn the election results in four states that was really damning really embarrassing and really awesome for those of us on the left yeah so for anyone who didn't read too much about this texas directly approached the supreme court trying to sue georgia i think arizona pennsylvania and nevada was nevada the fourth andrew Um, Uh, yeah. Effectively to steal all of our votes and overturn the results in our states because they didn't like it. They got something like 19 other states to sign on and say they approved of what Texas was doing. And the Supreme Court, which is majority conservative and has three Trump appointees on it, was like, no. (laughs) So that was embarrassing. But through this, we also learned that there are two new states that have joined the union. So um, let's welcome new California and new Nevada. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) These fuckers actually submitted this statement with new California and new Nevada. (laughs) We've been trying to make this happen for a while, right? (laughs) Yeah. And the statement was like riddled with typos and stuff. It was hilarious. There was also big news. Today on Monday, 
Yeah. So on the day that we are recording this episode, the electors uh, or the electoral college, as you might um, hear them referred to, um, they met today to officially certify the 2020 election results. So, yeah, uh, Biden won the election for the thousandth time. So that's great. Yes. Excellent. Excellent news. I saw even some Republicans today are like, yeah, looks like Biden won. They're finally starting to admit it. It took an embarrassing long amount of time and shame on all of these people. But they're Ugh. finally starting to admit it because, you know, Rudy hasn't done a very good job of uh, fighting the results. No, I mean, some of them aren't admitting it yet, though. Like who? Somebody released oh, a, a very cagey statement oh, when they God, were asked it was ridiculous. about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I tweeted it. Yeah, I remember you did. But I mean, just to highlight, like, yes. This has happened. And yes, this is sort of the last legal path that Trump could have pursued for this. But he's actively staging a coup (laughs) against the country. And that's something that's that should terrify all of us, because even when Joe Biden is sworn in on January 20th, that's not going to stop. Trump and his ilk from trying to delegitimize our democratic process and our democracy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Trump doesn't just go away on January 20th. There is all this speculation that he's going to hold like a counter inaugural rally and all these things. And as long as we, the people and the media continue giving him oxygen, he's just going to continue living rent free in all of our heads yeah. Um, and he's really encouraging people to distrust our process. I mean, I talked about this last week, but here in Georgia, Kelly Leffler and David Perdue are facing a fight that shouldn't really be a fight. I mean, Georgia is a long time conservative state and they're in neck and neck races because Trump has encouraged Mm -hmm. all of the Trump supporters and the QAnon supporters to think it's all rigged and it's already been decided anyway. So there's some concern that GOP turnout for the runoff is going to be low. Oops. (laughs) I mean, I'm like, whatever. If y'all want to turn this into a self-fulfilling prophecy, you go right on ahead. But yeah, it's pretty disturbing. I mean, I disagree wholeheartedly with that entire ideology, but I don't think it's healthy or helpful for any of us if a significant portion of our population thinks that our elections are rigged. The good news, though, is that this has been challenged like crazy in the courts over the past few weeks, and none of them have found any footing. So, no. you know, they'll they'll remain in denial, of course. They'll continue to call this a sham election and that it was stolen. But the courts have said otherwise time right. and time again. Agree. Up but some to of close these... to like 50 court challenges now that have failed. Yeah. Some of these people are dangerous, though. I mean, there were a number of federal and legislative buildings that had to close today, the day that the electors certified the results of the election because of credible threats that they received I mean, the mm-hmm. FBI was looking into all of this stuff. So it's not even just the erosion of public trust in our public establishments. It's that there is an element of danger 
about this that's very or should be very disturbing to all of us. Yeah. On a happier note, though, on this same day that the electors certified the results, early voting started in Georgia for our Senate runoff, which I just mentioned. So that's the incumbent Republican senators, Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue versus John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock. Um, who are doing far better here than I could have ever imagined. I feel like, you know, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to hazard a guess to say what I think is going to happen. But I think that we have as good of a chance of taking these Senate seats as we were ever going to have. Like if this were 2018, I would say absolutely not. <laughs> like it's not going to happen. We're still going to end up with Republican representation in the U.S. Senate. But this political cycle is so different <laughs> than anything we've ever seen before. And turnout for this runoff is looking to be really substantial. As of last week, over a million people had requested absentee ballots for the runoff in January, which is a lot for a Senate runoff. I mean, those types of, you know, state and local and like, you know, more, yeah, just like state and local elections, they don't get very much fanfare. And the turnout tends to be a lot lower. And to see so much of the turnout be related to absentee ballots thus far is really encouraging because we know what the trend is with absentee ballots. Yeah, I really hope that um, people in your state saw how powerful it can be for everybody to get out of the yeah. vote. And hopefully they just ride the uh, blue wave from you know, the presidential election and pull through for not just for you, but for like all of us. That's it's the important thing. to everybody. That's the thing. I feel like I can't illustrate enough that this is not just an election for Georgia. This is an election for everyone. I mean, the way that we vote, the way that we swing this one way or the other is representative of the whole country representative for the whole country. It's going to dictate the things that we're able to get done. It's going to dictate how successful of a Biden presidency we're going to get. So mm -hmm. I'm so I'm important. nervous, but I'm also I would say equally parts optimistic. All right. And it's time for the Rona roundup. There's been a bunch of good vaccine news again this week. The first vaccinations have already started in the United States. I think it's the Pfizer vaccine that's been going out and uh, millions of, of vaccines are going to be going out every week now. I read earlier today and I, I heard that every Friday the states are going to be finding out how many vaccines they're getting the following week. So it's going to be like I'm picturing like the Hunger Games where everybody's sitting around the Zoom call eagerly anticipating how many vaccines they're getting next week. And then they reveal it and it's like, OK, what are we doing with them? Um, I already have feelings of FOMO. I think I mentioned this on the Bay Hangout. Like I saw those pictures of the first people in England getting their vaccinations. And now, you know, as we did that uh, segment last week where we saw how long it would take for us to get the vaccine, you know, I might be waiting till like July or August, hopefully not later than that. And it just sucks. <laughs> yeah, I feel this a long too. Time. I'm so ready. Like, jab me, please. Uh, jab <laughs> like, me, daddy. Like, really, I if somebody was like, Merry Christmas, I'm giving you the Pfizer vaccine. I'd be, like, <laughs> it would be the best Christmas Tears present ever. That's um, actually what's in my uh, cookie tins. 
a COVID oh, vaccine. Oh, wow. So now we really do have to eat all of them. <laughs> <laughs> One cookie has a vaccine. The other has poison. <laughs> I'm also kind of worried about people starting to get complacent um, because I think that people are starting to feel better. I mean, there is a certain sense of like, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I just know that people are burned out on the pandemic. People were already slipping before the vaccine got announced or before the vaccine got approved. And my fear is just that people are going to be, they're going to be like overestimating how quickly they're going to be able to get the vaccine. And then when they don't get it as quickly as they were hoping for, or like, the general population's not getting it as quickly as they hope for. I'm afraid we're going to see the continued spread. We have to remember, and I'm sorry to be a Debbie Downer, but the worst estimates were saying that we could lose as many as 300,000 more people during the winter season. So we just have to remember that, yes, this is very good news, but there's a process in place here and it's not going to be short. So yeah. it's very important to keep doing all of the pandemic uh, and CDC guidance that we can in the meantime. And mm-hmm. honestly, there's some of this stuff like I personally am going to be totally fine with people continuing to sanitize anytime they like go out of a public space. Like, I think that's a good practice to be in even outside of the pandemic. Um, right. Maybe. Even wearing masks during flu season, I think, is not a bad thing. So they're going to be normalized now. In yeah. future years, we're going to see way more people wearing masks. Yeah, like you do they over in be. Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking yesterday. I haven't been sick all year. I got sick in like February on my big road trip before COVID really hit the country, and after that, I really haven't had anything. Maybe minor, minor, a minor, minor cold or two, but just nothing serious. Uh, knock on wood, of course, but it's probably because we're not going out, wearing the mask everywhere, washing my hands and disinfecting them, sanitizing them more than ever. These are things I want to keep up post-pandemic. Agreed. I mean, the hand sanitizer, absolutely. Every time I get in the car now, of course, I'm doing it, and I'm going to continue to do that because it's just a good thing to do. All right. So a couple more things to discuss today. But first, a word from one of our favorite sponsors, Honey. So imagine this. You make a list of the gifts that you are going to buy for the holidays, and then someone randomly gives you the money to help buy one of those things. If that sounds good, well, that is what Honey is doing. They're helping pay for $1 million worth of gifts this holiday season. You're probably wondering, is this the same Honey that automatically searches for promo codes online because that Honey is amazing? And the answer is yes, absolutely. With Honey, you can also make a list of all the holiday gifts you want from certain stores and Honey will email you when the price drops on anything on your list. You'll also be told about discount codes as you browse. This is the only advertiser we talk about on the show who will actually put money back in your pocket. Just add Honey to your computer, create a free account, and throw some holiday gifts on your drop list for a chance to win. Honey will randomly select winners and give them the money to help buy something on their list. I put together my my list earlier today. I added a Baby Yoda doll, I added a HomePod Mini, and a grill for the backyard. Even if I don't win, 
Now that these items are on my drop list, Honey will let me know whenever it sees that the prices of these items have dropped. A couple terms about the giveaway, no purchase necessary, you need a PayPal account to redeem the prize, only valid in the United States, and the giveaway ends on December 21st, 2020. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com M-I-L-L. That's joinhoney.com M-I-L-L. We all use this, you have to too, it is such a no-brainer. All right, so Pam, you wanted to talk about reboots and revivals. Why? What spurred this idea? Um, this idea was brought on by the fact that I was checking my story count on Hypeable, and I realized that last week I wrote three different news stories about different revivals or reboots, <laughs> and um, it's kind of an ongoing thing. Like This is a trend that's not going away in Hollywood, and I just thought it might be fun to talk about it because we all watch things on TV. We all you know, consume movies and stuff like that. And uh, this is what we're being fed, essentially, <laughs> you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I just really wanted to have a loose discussion about this. And I wanted to start off by asking if you guys feel fatigued or overwhelmed by the sheer number that we're getting, or if you're like super into this idea on the whole. I'm very split on this because I understand why the studios do these reboots and revivals because they know it's going to work if they introduce original films original tv shows it's a lot riskier and the other thing is that a lot of people turn out for these reboots you look at the lion king remake it made over a billion dollars at the box office and i'm sure some of these other disney live action reimaginings have made similar amounts so you can't blame the studios for doing it because people are coming out That said, it really is a bummer that there haven't been more originals. And it's just an important reminder that when originals come out, and if you hear some good things about them, go support them. Perfect example is Booksmart. That movie did terribly in theaters, but I think it's found its footing online. Thank goodness. It's such a good movie. It's so good. It's very Mm -hmm. good. Even something like Alita Battle Angel, like I, I have not seen that admittedly, but it was kind of the in, the discourse online about that movie specifically was very interesting and i think it kind of extends over to book smart as well because people will hem and haw about the fact that there are no more original ideas there's no more originality in hollywood everybody's doing reboots and revivals and yet people don't go out to see new stuff or they'll shit on it before they do get a chance to see it and that also drives the box office, you know, the court of public opinion. So I think you're so right that if, you know, this is a trend that you don't wish to see continue, then your dollar needs to do the talking for you. So you, you just got to pay attention, I guess, on like Rotten Tomatoes for these lesser known films. But at the same time, this is why I'm so split, because like at the same time, if you get to see one movie this week, this weekend to unwind, to relax, have a good night out. You don't want to risk it on some <laughs> random movie, you know, with without the brand recognition. That's why I think people part of the reason why people lean towards Marvel and these other ones that create a lot of spin-offs cuz you know you're probably going to get something really good. How do you feel about this, Laura? Uh, it, it depends cuz honestly there can be really good spin-offs and reboots and as Pam you and I both know, there can be really bad ones. I mean like the don't, Selena don't get one. Them started. <laughs> We're not going to go off on it, but like it was so bad. And like the more I think about it, the worse it gets type thing. And it's just so disappointing. So it really sours 
you know, like it leaves a sour taste in my mouth about any other future projects that might come out of the Quintanilla family because this was just so shitty. Um, And I think you have to be really careful when you're doing a reboot. Like if you're going to reboot something, you better not fuck it up. Because if something has a passionate enough fan base in order to justify a reboot, if you do it badly, you're going to get destroyed. I mean, the same way the Selena miniseries has been ripped to shreds. I don't think I've seen a single person who liked it. <laughs> yeah. And that's not even like uh, really like a reboot or a revival, but they just did such a bad job. And like the first go around was so much better done. It was just so bad. I know. It was um, really bad. Yeah. Um, But also, like, I think that there can be examples of the other way around, right? So, like, I'm a pretty big His Dark Materials fan. Um, Love those books growing up. The movie that came out in the 2000s, like, early 2000s with Daniel Craig and Nicole Kidman, I think, like, complete garbage. But now they're doing a series on HBO, and it's really good. So there can be examples of where something maybe starts out not in the best foot, but then they can actually turn it around. And I think one reason that that has been really good so far is, A, it's HBO and BBC. I think they're a little more flexible in terms of the terms of what the adaptation should look like. But also it's television. So they have more time to adapt and tell the right story. That leads into, Pam, one of your next questions. Yeah, yeah. If there is anything that you would like to see rebooted or revived, I'd be very curious to know um, what it is and why you think that it would... Uh, do well, um, you know, being retold in a 2020 lens. Yeah. Uh, for me, it would be Harry Potter, honestly. Mm, that's I a good speak one. about this on MuggleCast from time to time because I, I want it rebooted in a TV series. Let the television makers, the producers have the time that they need to create a really great story that is completely loyal to the source material. Get everything in. Make it run for 20 seasons, which might be hard because actors are growing up at the same time uh but i just think that's ripe for development and it's been what now 10 years since the final movie came out and while that's not typically too long of a time frame they've rebooted spider-man like three times now right and there's been other reboots that happened in a lot shorter of a time period so they could get away with rebooting harry potter here's a follow-up question for you because my brother was just asking me this would you take an animated series or would you prefer it to be live action i would be disappointed i want okay. it to be live action yeah, yeah i agree i don't want i don't want an Unless animated it's like series like a very adult like style a cgi animation. type you know no not like the, oh very... i was thinking like i was thinking like 2d animation oh 2d that'd be interesting no he was yeah. um he was talking more like you know how like like, for example, The Last of Us as a video game is technically CGI, but it's very hyper realistic. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that was his, um, yeah. you know, his thought process. He'd, he'd seen some fan art and he was like, would you like consume this? I was like, you know what? I don't know. That's a good question. But, <laughs> uh, I feel like with Harry Potter, there's such an opportunity to let other people, other creators into that space and be mm-hmm. representative of a lot of the people that weren't originally included in the original work. Um, so, yeah, I would want to see that. And I feel like live action just is naturally more geared towards that. They have money like Netflix, HBO, 
They have money. Somebody could do it. Oh, yeah. I also pulled the audience over in the Facebook group, and I did this very last minute. I was really surprised by how much um, input we got over there. So if you're looking to continue this discussion past this episode, I would highly recommend going to check that out because a bunch of people are talking about it. Um, So I asked how people felt in a poll. Uh, 50 voters said that they were indifferent on reboots and revivals. 25 said that they loved them and 15 said that they hated them. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we got so a bunch many people of... saying indifferent is. Interesting. Yeah, I was actually really surprised. And then I was wondering if maybe we feel a little bit more fatigued because we're so aware of just how many are getting greenlit, you know, in mm. terms of like the nature of our job. Andrew yeah. and also Laura by extension because you you also like work pop culture adjacent. It's really depressing seeing how many reboots and revivals are in the works, especially for these streaming services. Like I saw people in the Discord mentioning uh, the Save by the Bell reboot, and I think people seem to like it, which is which is oh. good. But I think we're all just so tired of hearing again and again all of these classic TV shows being revived. It's just so tired. It's so. It's every week, every day, like you said, Pam, with all the news articles you're writing about it. Every once in a while. I don't know if this happens to you guys, too. Every once in a while, they do one, and it just completely goes over my head that it that it is a reboot or a revival or a remake. <laughs> like, for example, One Day at a Time, um, it took my mom being like, oh, yeah, they that's a sitcom. That's like a, you know, from back in my day. Yeah. Um, I had the same yeah. conversation with my mom. Yeah. Or even something like a little bit newer, like um, I've talked before about how delightful Julian the Phantoms is over on Netflix. Like that's technically a remake of a Brazilian show. Like Ugly Betty would be along the same veins as that, like technically a reboot, but for an American audience. And and so there is definitely room in this space for it to be done well, but it's a gamble either way, I think. All right. Well, as we move into wrapping the show for today, we thought we could keep on the topic of pop culture and a lot of these Disney announcements that came out in the last few days. Um, But first, we're going to be talking about the Game Awards briefly. And here to do that is Mark. Welcome back, Mark. Hello, everyone. Hi, Mark. You're uh, rocking Laura's dad's radio setup, huh? Yeah, yeah, it looks very official. We see like got a little like wrong way. Got like some lights back here. Look at this. I like that. that. Yeah, Yeah, very cool. Yeah, Yeah, those aren't. (laughs) grow lights or anything yeah (laughs) it looks cozy yeah so is uh is our place actually getting fixed or do you think that i'm just i think i think you've just been lying the whole time yeah it's an elaborate ruse laura just really wants to live at her parents house (laughs) for the rest of time it's a nice place they're dogs you know nice Uh doggos yeah yeah most of the time Man, i wish basil was here that'd be hilarious oh no because he would just (laughs) snore the whole time I shit you not, guys. This dog, like, you can't have him in a space when you're recording because he snores all the time, even when he's awake. So, like, he'd be in there recording and it'd be like, (laughs) yeah, he he snores. He can be like looking you dead in the eyes, wagging his tail and snoring. (laughs) He's a good boy, though. Let's talk briefly about the Game Awards because I know that there was some exciting news that came out of this, particularly for one of our favorites. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Last of Us Two won Game of the Year. Amongst other and things, the game they... awards. Sorry, the game awards are oh. like the big, the big Kahuna of yes. video game awards. Yeah, yes, excuse they... me, I should have provided that primer. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, they won best game of the they won game of the year, best direction, best narrative. Um, the character Abby 
that character or the the actress that played that character won best performance and her name is Alora Bailey. People know Alora Bailey from other things as well. It also won best audio design. Like they they cleaned up. They cleaned up there a lot. Yeah. Which is nice, but the important thing is the fact that there were a lot of indie games in the game awards now that were holding their own with like big AAA studios like hmm. um Among Us, which people have obviously heard of Among Us. They won best mobile game and best multiplayer game. The fact that it won best multiplayer game is pretty big because I'm trying to see it beat out Animal Crossing. <gasps> How Call- dare they? <laughs> Call of Duty Warzone, which Call of Duty makes like crazy money every year. Yeah, like they just it's, it's a, a staple. huge title. People, you know, Fall Guys, which we all saw that coming because Fall Guys got, you know. Yeah, that was my favorite multiplayer game of the year. Fall Guys was good. It was good. It's just Among Us just kind of took their audience kind of. Yeah, it really stole their thunder. Like, I remember when you were telling me about this and you said, yeah, do you remember Fall Guys? And I was like, oh, shit, I really didn't. Like, Mm I had completely (gasps) forgotten about that game. Yep. And Valorant, which is uh, they're a big uh, they're made by people who made League of Legends. So, of course, they have a lot of money, too. And like, it's nice to see that among us and when they when they accepted their awards it was just like five people on a zoom call like thanks so much for liking our game and i'm like that's great like that's really (laughs) it's really happy to see smaller studios being in these big categories with those big games and beating them like uh yeah hades which isn't as small as an independent game but it's still an indie studio they won best action game so the the genres and video games are very ambiguous like there's action then action adventure action adventure last of us 2 one um best action so that'd be like streets of rage like a game that's like just purely action hades won and again it beat out doom eternal which doom eternal it, it was great it's a big studio half-life uh, alex neo 2 and streets of rage 4 so like these two indie games are making a name for themselves at the big game awards which i think is great because it's kind of showing that people don't really care how big and shiny the studio in it is anymore. Like if the game is good, yeah. the game is good. Like if you have fun, you have fun, you know. I'm sure it also inspires budding video game developers mm-hmm. because they might be thinking, well, I can create something, but it, I'm never going to get the recognition or get the virality that I want unless I join one of these big developers. Exactly. But that's not the case, at least not this year. Yeah. yeah. And and the and the thing is too like that's just how the industry's going now. Like if you look at Five Nights at Freddy's, for example, that's a big indie game. Like people know it, you know, it's a horror game when the animatronics try to get you. But for the PlayStation like five premiere event, when they were like, this game is coming out and this game is coming out, you know, when the, when the Miles Morales game was uh, was shown for the first time, there was actually a Five Nights at Freddy's trailer for the new Five Nights at Freddy's that's going to be a PlayStation exclusive. So like an indie game got some spotlight at the PlayStation five premiere event, which is like mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, that would have never happened. Like that would be yeah. completely absurd to think about that, you know, which is great in my opinion. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, do you think the pandemic has anything to do with this increase in indie game success? I, I mean, to be honest, maybe because like the people who would sit down and make games are, I mean, I guess you, it's not, like you're going anywhere really like, but other than that, I think people have people want that escape more. So I think people more I think more people are 
obviously playing among us because it was a pandemic, you know, like yeah. you want to hang out with your friends, but you can't. And like, that was the thing to get together with your friends and play. Yeah. Well, we've done that with our friends. We actually mm-hmm. have a group of like eight to 10 people who we have a discord channel with. And every now and then people will be like, Hey, among us tonight. And that's how we all get together and get to spend time with each other. Cause otherwise yeah, it's like what we can talk on the phone. Like, mm-hmm. It's 2020. Nobody does that. These games also go viral. I mean, Fall Guys and Among Us went crazy viral. AOC was playing Among Us on a live Mm -hmm. stream on Instagram a few months ago. And Fall Guys, just everybody was so taken with that game, myself included. Exactly. Um, And yeah, people just have more time to play games right now. I mean, I can't imagine how much bigger these games were than they would have been mm-hmm. pre-pandemic. There must have been so many more gamers. And like you see Nintendo Switch sales, they've been through the roof this mm-hmm. year, thanks in part to Animal Crossing. But more people just are bored at home. Oh, yeah. And yeah, like, and I feel like I, I like this for a lot of reasons, obviously, because I'm in game design. I like the fact that independent games are getting a little bit more recognition. But I also like the fact that it's it's kind of keeping these big AAA games accountable now because they can't get away with just being like, oh, we're going to make a game and whether it sucks or not, you just got to hold it like that's it. Like if, if you if you really excited for a game and it comes out and it sucks, you just got to hold that L because you don't have a choice. But nowadays it's like a studio can just come along and be like, Oh wow, that game sucked. We're going to make a game that's just like it, but better because we can, because we're an indie studio. And then Mm -hmm. who knows that game could be game of the year next year. So like the, the stakes are getting higher to where big game studios can't just release money grab games anymore. Like the games have to be like, they have to be a point where they're either fun or they're addictive to where people want to play them or they're just good games. Like Hades, mm-hmm. I played a little bit of Hades, and it's a good game. Like it's a it's a well designed game, and of course, you know it's Greek mythology, so it's you know it's not like they're making up stuff. Like they're they're pulling, they're being inspired from Greek mythology, but like it's solid. You could tell the team that made that game really really cares. Like, there was a lot of heart in that game, and like nowadays, when you see like when you see certain games now, and you can like you can be like this was clearly a money grab. This was clearly a Let's release a game, get as much money as we can, and then just move on. Like they're going to start losing out more and more to these games that are like, yeah, this this game didn't, this wasn't really. Of course, it's all you 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 make it about money because you want to make money as a company, of course. But like that's not the end goal. Like they wanted to make a good game first and foremost. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and you can tell. Do you think it helps? Um, like like for something like Among Us, that the learning curve is very easy, so it becomes yeah. more easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fall oh, Guys yeah. is dead easy. Oh, Simple yeah. race. And that's the thing too. Like if, if you really think about it, like some of the best games like ever, like in terms of like how they sold critically, all that stuff. Like if you look at Mario, if you put Mario in front of anybody, just regular old Mario, people just know what to do. Like they just know I need to go to this area. I need to jump over those things. Those things are bad. Like, like all these games that are super complicated, like there's a place for them and people of course like them, but like the easier a game is, the simpler it is to just click and the, the, cause that's what solid gameplay is. Like if you look at like Mario Kart, for example, it doesn't matter what walk of life you're from. If you sit a bunch of strangers down into a room and put Mario Kart in front of them, they'll be like, Oh cool. Mario Kart. Like I, I doubt I'm going to, you're going to hear anybody like, I hate Mario Kart. Like the person's probably a psychopath <laughs> if they do, but Maybe they just no get hit by the mine. blue shell too much, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. You're yeah, just like, fuck this game. But ease of use and simplicity is definitely a big factor in, like, good game design. Did you guys buy a PS5, by the way? Uh, no, not. not yet. 
We're waiting. Okay. I'm an idiot. I'm kicking myself. I had one ordered through Target. And then I was really? like, I don't need it. So I canceled it. This was before it came out, like months mm. in advance. And now I have so much FOMO that I wish I kept that order. But anyway. I mean, you, uh, to be honest, like, unless there's, a, there's not many games that are out no, for PS5 exclusive anyway. That's it now no. is Miles. If Miles Morales was only on PS5s, you bet your ass I would have got a PS5 like, right. <laughs> on launch. Even even the Harry Potter <laughs> game one. that comes out next year is going to be on PS4. So, yeah, so like Horizon Zero Dawn, that sequel, PS4. So I'm like, why yeah. do I need this? I'm even playing with the idea of just waiting until they come out with some, like, special edition like i always do that where it's like like i had a batman ps4 when it came out mm-hmm. because i just waited and they came out with a batman special edition one and i got that so i'm thinking about just waiting but but anyways yeah like what system it on is definitely matters how easy it is to pick up and also like because so many people are, are playing it people are making memes about this game like crazy there are people who've never even touched among us that know what the game yeah. is because of memes so like right yeah <laughs> like, people just know yeah, it it's, like it's just exactly. went viral Mm-hmm. I know. And we could we could go on about this all night because these games are a ton of fun. And I'm not even like I'm I'm more of a casual gamer, but I have also felt just like this ability to stay connected with people through gaming during this pandemic. And I think that's what has made particularly these indie games very special for a lot of us. But we did also want to make sure to devote some time to Marvel because obviously we've just had a ton of shows dumped on us we had a ton of titles dumped on us um last week uh you know so like loki what if wandavision and falcon and the winter soldier um marvel they're kind of getting ahead of the curve by doing a tv show heavy next phase what do you make of that yeah i mean and really if you think about it they already had this in the works a while ago like we heard about the loki show like mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. wasn't it before Endgame came out? Because I remember yes, in Endgame, I was maybe, like, oh, yeah. I, I, well, I remember seeing that part and being like, oh, I guess this is where the Loki show picks up. Exactly. So yes. like, and probably Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, we yeah. heard about yeah. a while ago. WandaVision is the first mm-hmm. one that's going to be out in January. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, these shows, first of all, they look, they look like a ton of fun. Like I I've watched a lot of superhero shows and these shows legit look like movies like when i'm seeing these trailers i'm like these are movie trailers like these look like movie trailers they don't look like shows like wandavision a little bit because it's playing with that like alternate reality sitcom-y type thing but like winter soldier and falcon and loki like those look like movies and they just have like, like Mandalorian. Yeah. I mean, Disney is just giving them a free pass. Spend mm-hmm. as much money as you need, really, to make them as great as possible so people sign up for this stuff. The other thing about Marvel is that they have a very excellent track record of yes. creating yeah. excellent, excellent movies. And they're not going to want to tarnish that image by producing shit for Disney+. Plus. So they got to make exactly. this stuff really good. And I have full faith that every single one of these Marvel TV shows is going to be a must-watch. And that's really exciting because it's not too often you can say that about forthcoming TV shows. Yeah. And also, like, you can tell it has the Marvel touch of everything being connected because, like, in every one of these shows, I'm like, oh, that thing goes to that thing. And that goes, goes like, for example, like you see when in the Loki trailer, when he's walking in that with uh, Owen Wilson, which I I saw him and I was like, what are you doing here? Like, cool. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I love him, but he popped up and and. He was like bringing Loki into the jail thing. And it's like, that's like the time police in Marvel. Like that's like the time 
like whenever you fuck, you know, mess with the timeline and, and fuck it up and everything, that's who they're like the, the men in black of time for Marvel. So mm-hmm. like, apparently they're kind of met like Loki messes up the timeline and everything, which was a big part of Endgame of like, when you mess with the timeline, you make alternate realities, blah, 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 blah. So you see that. Then you see, um, it's the scene where he walks where that judge is there. There's this big, like there's this big, th- these big three faces that are on a big uh, board behind the lady. That's the judge. And that's one of them is either Kang, which is like a big Marvel uh, time villain, or it's the living tribunal, which is another big Marvel time reality entity thing. So you can really see them playing with that reality. Like, like this, it this is what happens when you mess with reality type thing. Yeah, these are also the big bads for the next phase, right? Like uh, Thanos was to. Yeah, I mean, the infinity. in the comics, yeah, yeah, in the comics, Kang is, I would say he's as much of a threat, if not more of a threat than Thanos, because this whole thing is time travel. It's like a evil Marty McFly. Like he just goes around. He's like, oh, you know, ne- you were never born now. So bye. There's no Iron Man or something. <laughs> right. Or, you know, like he, he that's kind of his game. So whenever there's a really big, you know, time tomfoolery going on, that's usually the bad guy. But like they can very easily introduce their new their the new villains, villain or villains into this. Like I know, you know, Doctor Strange's next movie is going to be called The Multiverse of Madness, which is perfect because that's all, like most of the besides Winter Soldier and Falcon. I don't know how much that's going to dip into it, but like the what if series has has a watcher uh as a narrator which again they they like watch different realities so like what if series is basically just a bunch of different realities that you're seeing you know what if peggy carter was captain america or captain britain technically right, such a fun idea like, this is yeah. animated and yeah. all the and, actors or and most the anim- of them are coming back yeah the animation their looks roles. good too like it, it mm-hmm. the, i don't know what kind of animation style it is but like i, I I've, it looks familiar but it looks really really crisp and good but yeah um, yeah, like I had that. It's like, what if uh, T'Challa got uh, abducted instead of uh, Star-Lord? Yeah. What the, if somebody by... else got Cap's shield? I think that's an episode. Yeah. yeah. Like like um, Marvel Zombies, of course, which is a huge, a huge Marvel event in the comics. But like they're they're pl- they're playing with reality so much. It's looking like the next phase is going to be heavily like this is what happens when you fuck with reality. This is all the different branches or whatever and like them trying to fix it or consolidate it a lot and to and to give an example of different realities is uh miles for example miles morales his entire story was not in the main continuity of the comics there was another universe called the ultimate universe where the writers kind of made that universe to give themselves some creative license so when they wrote a story for like Iron Man, for example, they wouldn't have to worry about continuity. It would just be, mm-hmm. this is a new Iron Man. It's Tony Stark, kind of, but he's a little bit different. This is how a story's different, right? Um, yeah. And that's and Miles was introduced in that universe, and people liked Miles so much that they brought Miles into the regular Marvel universe. So, like, that's kind of the same thing of, like, who, who knows what's going to happen now in the movies? Like, they could do anything. Like, they could introduce any kind of character they want and just bring them in. Like, they have the X-Men now, so they can easily just bring the X-Men in. Like, they can easily bring Deadpool and X-Men in, whatever they want, because yeah. they've opened up this whole multiverse. They're, they're getting people more and more accustomed to alternate realities. And you saw that in Spider-Man 2. Like, in Spider-Man mm-hmm. 2, they were like, oh... There is alternate realities, you know, even though 
there were yeah. some stuff there. But we but also they were... we also see them setting this up for Spider Man three, right? We're gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna be more like Spider Men. Like yeah. they're getting yeah, what the fuck is going on I, with that I'm, movie? I'm so a week stoked. or two ago they were casting recasting every person from a past Spider Man movie, even the ones that they rebooted. You know the the earlier versions of Spider Man. Oh, I I'm so stoked for this. Like I. I'm so for it. The only thing I want, the, and and I, this is very selfish me asking for this because all the other announcements I've heard so far about this movie are ba- is basically making my dreams come true. But the I want Willem Dafoe back. Please, God, yeah. please oh, have him back. As oh, he would. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him just going full Green Goblin and having like hearing Tom Holland have to deal with that. Oh man, and Bonesaw. I want Bonesaw back. <laughs> give, me, give, me, give me bones off. Isn't Spider-Man he 1. dead? Yeah, he is. But I was hoping for some Hollywood magic, you know, oh. a nod, <laughs> you know, something. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, yeah, we frequently quote Green Goblin in our household. So oh, oh, he's yeah. he's a fan favorite. <laughs> Out am I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, well, definitely a those. lot. Yeah, a lot for us to look yeah. forward to. And as we get more news on it or as we start getting this content we'll definitely have you back on to review it all right before we move on to the end of the show we just wanted to hear a quick word from a sponsor that you and yours will love their love book a personalized gift that helps people express feelings that might have been difficult to say out loud all of us here have had the experience of making a love book for somebody important to us i made one for mark to give him on our first anniversary. And it really is such a unique gift. In fact, I did this long before Love Book was even a sponsor for Millennial. So I was really excited when they got on board the Millennial train. These are so fun because you get to create and customize characters that look like the people you care about. There's also plenty of room to customize the story and templates to share a narrative that's relevant to the person you're giving it to. In the love book I made for Mark, for example, I was able to include lots of scenes and settings that were reflective of our adventures during our first year together, as well as plenty of inside jokes like my Diet Coke obsession. And while you do have the option to customize each page, Lovebook offers an express option so you can create a book in just a few minutes. But honestly, it's so much fun to make one of these. You'll probably find yourself reminiscing fondly with each page you put together. It's a great gift for everyone you care about, significant others, family members, friends, kiddos, you name it. Visit lovebookonline.com slash M-I-L-L to receive a special 20% discount only for our listeners. Again, that's lovebookonline.com slash M-I-L-L. Let's share some recommendations. I want to recommend the new holiday movie on Hulu. It's a lesbian holiday movie, (laughs) Happiest Season, starring Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis, Mary Steenbergen, Victor Garber, Allison Brie, Mary Hollins, Dan Levy from uh, uh, Schitt's Creek, Aubrey Plaza. I mean, just a great cast. Uh, really good story. Definitely check it out. Like I said, it's on Hulu and I know every holiday season I'm looking for some good new holiday movies. So if you're looking for a good new one this Christmas, definitely check out Happiest Season. Uh, well, this isn't new and it's, I don't think it's going to give anybody Christmas vibes. At least I hope not. So HBO has a documentary series called The Vow and it's about the Nexium cult. <laughs> Um, that certain stars like uh, what's her name, Allison Mack, 
Mark, oh, that's yeah. her name, right? Smallville. From Smallville. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She was part of it, um, and it's just this really bizarre documentary for those of you who were obsessed with Tiger King and wondering <laughs> how people live like this. You'll probably enjoy this, but it's also really disturbing. And if you're looking for like holiday cheer, this probably isn't for you. But if you're morbid like I am, then <laughs> it'll be right up your alley. <laughs> Um, I also have a, a holiday rack. I wanted to recommend Dash and Lily on Netflix, which is super cute. It's a little nine episode series and each episode is about a half hour. So you can definitely knock this out in a day or so. Um, it is based off of a book, which is written by Rachel Kahn and David Levithan, who also wrote Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. So if you enjoyed that, it's definitely the same kind of quirky cutesy rom-com set in new york city um and it's really cute it's set in christmas time so if you're looking for something fun to watch i would recommend checking that out i'm going to recommend uh to give a indie game a shot just find some indie games that you know maybe gel with you a little bit and just try try giving it a play i mean usually indie games aren't a huge commitment because they're typically shorter than uh than uh triple a games but yeah just support your um indie game studios so more of them pop up because the more people that get inspired to make games means the more different gaming experiences we'll have all right well thank you everybody for listening to today's episode if you want to get in touch with us you can email millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com that's where we also have our confessional and we will be getting to a couple of confessionals during today's after dark you can also follow us on social media please do that We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And we would love if you left a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Millennial. We appreciate the new reviews, and it helps us get discovered by new people. So thank you in advance. Hey, what's coming up in After Dark today besides those confessionals? Uh, So we're actually going to be jumping off one of the confessionals to have a conversation based around the topic that the confessional writer wrote in about. Um, But we're also going to be talking about a story um, that came out of the New York Post. The New York Post should be like jettisoned into the sun for doing this, but they outed a paramedic who also was an OnlyFans creator and have created a fucking shitstorm for her. So we're going to talk about that story as well. Okay, so that'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial. Thank you so much to everybody who supports us there, or if you support us through supporting our advertisers or uh, just by listening to the show and being subscribed to the show. We really appreciate your support. It is the Patreon that keeps us going, so we're especially grateful for that. And uh, you can check out tons of benefits like After Dark. You get access to our live stream so you can hang out with us as we are recording. You get uh, ad-free editions of Millennial. You get to see our planning doc so you can see what's coming up. We also do these Bay Hangouts, these breaking news recordings, lots of stuff. Oh, and that physical gift every year, including this year's sweet t-shirt. So yeah, lots available at patreon.com slash millennial. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. I'm Mark. Bye, everybody.